Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, and I'm here with my producer, Victoria Bruno. How is the Moral Hangover gang, baby? How are you doing? I'm good. I just discovered another bug bite since I have at least 10 on my leg from sitting outside once. But I'm good. No, I think I got it from home. Oh, well, right now I'm sipping some liver detox tea because, you know, I drank this weekend and I really feel like in order to prepare. You drink? No, I don't, no. but. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to prepare for Monday, which is tomorrow. Right now it's Sunday. Sunday scaries are very real today. And I just feel like this tea is just going to get me through the rest of this night and tomorrow. I'm happy for you. I really hope this tea kicks it into gear. Ramp it up, baby! Ramp it up! <laughs> I can already feel my body just feeling cleansed. So, Vic and I actually drank together this weekend. The girls are back in town. Vic's usually in New York, but she came home. Or not come home. She came to Philly for the weekend, mm-hmm. where her other house is. We got together with, like, ten people outside. It was a safe distant. activity. It was a safe activity. Trust me, Victoria is the drill sergeant of COVID. So, if Victoria goes somewhere, I know chances are they're probably taking proper protocol. What's funny is someone showed up last night, and I was like, do you think you have COVID? And they were so insulted that I asked that. They were like, why would you ask me that, first off? Two, like... Why not? Why not? I'm like, no, I just, I want to hear the confirmation that you currently aren't experiencing any symptoms. Well, I hope they won't. So yesterday was your first time seeing boys. It was my first time, yeah. Since February? Yes, first time Have seeing it. boys since February. Um, you know, it's different game, flirty and COVID. What are your tips for our listeners who might be going back to college, people who are finally, you know, leaving the house? Like, how do you talk to the boy for the first time? Because oh, they- it'll come to you. You, like, I hadn't seen someone in so long that I was eager, eager as a beaver to flirt with every boy. And by flirting, I usually kind of insult them in a nice way. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. I definitely offended this one guy. We were talking about what's a daddy. And this guy was saying how he had a master in accounting and all this stuff. And then I was like, I don't really like accounting majors. I didn't say it like that, but I said something along the lines of that. I do like accounting majors. I was just trying to bust these balls, okay? And he got really offended. He was like, oh, then what's a daddy to you? Since you, since you know all about it, like, what is it? So Vic, what are daddies? can't believe you. <laughs> you judge people so hard based on their major. And I'm such a major snob. But then again, I studied marketing, so so many people are probably like, ew, you studied marketing? You're an idiot. So I don't it's know. like, we're out of college, and <laughs> that's still your question. I just need to know, okay? Another good question to ask is what sports they played in high school. This is very telling of someone. Oh, good point. I don't even think of that right? one. Yeah. But to answer your question, a daddy, I don't really like that word. I think a few years ago, it was like very sexualized and I don't like to think of it like that. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. But now if we're using it in the term of calling someone hot, I'm okay with that. So what makes someone a daddy, I think is like, if you're hot, if you have BDE, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, <laughs> but it needs to be in like a tasteful way. Like you yeah. just be confident. It's like you look good, you feel good, and you just radiate. It's all about the vibes. Yeah. Someone can be not as attractive, but if their personality is there, they will be a flame. Well, okay. We came up with a new term called double daddy, which was inspired by the account and I pissed off. Double daddy is when you just really have unlocked all levels of daddiness. 
really, can you, can you describe this more? Well, I think we're saying that a daddy is someone who's not attractive. I think sometimes you can look at someone and be like, oh, he's a daddy and just admire the appearance. It doesn't mean you want to date them or you're into them, but double daddies, like this is husband material. So like a real father. Yeah, like a real father. We're trying to make him a father, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. We should make that a term, double daddy. I'm here for it, DD can also mean designated driver. <laughs> um, I want to talk about since you're home in Philly, what it's like living alone because we were chatting earlier and you had me cracking up. Oh, God. So, well, Andrew came to visit me this weekend, which was really nice. And he left like, I don't know, two hours ago. And I've been home nonstop. So all of a sudden, when I'm alone for the first 30 minutes, I'm in full panic mode of how the hell do I be alone? Like, do I need to call my mom? Like, do I need to run home? Like, I don't know. The thought of being alone, like, makes me panic. And then I settle in for, like, 30 minutes, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I can do this. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm too reliant on Andrew that the second that I'm actually, like, alone, even though we don't see each other as much, like, we do long distance. We haven't been doing it since I've been home, but But the fact of like the second you're alone with your own thoughts, I'm like, what do I do? Who do I talk to? And it's like, you don't need to talk to someone at every moment of the day, but it's scary. Yeah. I don't live alone, but I've definitely felt alone before. When I was dating someone for two years in college and then we broke up and we weren't really talking, that was the hardest part was finding who I was and being comfortable with not being in a relationship and being comfortable with not someone not blowing up your phone 24 seven and trying to learn how to be alone and be okay with it, which no one really talks about, but it's actually really hard, especially in quarantine, because I don't know, I don't think people are in like the right state of mind right now. A lot of people are really depressed because they're alone with their thoughts and they keep overanalyzing everything. Exactly. And I've had two friends who have broken up during quarantine with their significant other and it it sucks because right now you it's hard to go out and meet people like you're not going to a bar like if you don't like online dating you're like I'm not going to download hinge and it's just like so hard but I think like the hardest part is the beginning but then like after you get like the thought of it is more scarier than it actually happening because once you start learning how to like love yourself and being with yourself then you're like holy shit I love this I just haven't gotten to that point yet. I, feel I still like you enjoy some people. nights alone. Oh yeah, I do. If, you love if, your self care. I do love my self care, and if I'm not feeling something, I'm just not gonna. I'm just not going. Exactly. Like I love being with people, but I think quarantine's been great because I, before quarantine, was go 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 every weekend. I was doing something. I was booked from Friday to Sunday, and even during the week, we were so go 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 because we would literally go to workout classes every single night after work, go home, sleep, do it all over again. So it's nice to kind of relax, but now I'm definitely being more of a mom where I don't want to go out all the time. But I'm not even doing anything, but I just still don't want to do that much. I know. I'm starting to feel that way too. And I'm like, what? So everyone, today we have Sarah Rose Summers, Miss USA 2018 on the podcast. And Vicky and I are so thrilled that she came on for an interview. Like this week, I was editing today's episode just like in awe. And we're going to get into it, but we talk about in the end kind of about doing charity work. And I know you already do charity work, but it just made I me- am charity work. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me realize like I need to have more of a purpose. And so I texted Andrew and I was like, Andrew, like we had Miss USA 2018 and she talked about 
how important it is to do like charity work and have a purpose. And I was like, we need to align as a couple what we want our charity to be. So I think this. He was like, okay, like he was very receptive about it. And I was like, what's something we both like really have a passion for? And we both love animals. So I think we're going to pick up, like maybe we can, when COVID's over, you know, volunteering at shelters, you know, I think that's going to be our couple mission we agreed upon. So after listening to this episode, guys, I don't know if you don't feel more motivated by listening to the way Sarah talks. You probably We also dive into some modern issues too. Like, I mean, anorexia has been around for a while, but I think with the rise of social media and I feel like every time I'm scrolling on TikTok, Instagram, looking at someone who's really skinny and it makes me feel like I'm not skinny, even though I'm literally a size two when I work out. So your body's beautiful no matter what it looks like. You're never going to look like Cardi B Kim Kardashian because it's all surgery. And that's fine if you want to get surgery, do whatever makes you feel best. But don't compare yourself to people who don't even look like that because everything's editing or it's something that is artificial. So love you. Keep doing you and don't compare yourself or your body to anyone. Just a side note on TikTok, Addison Wright is freaking perfect. I love her. She is amazing. And there was a video where her stomach was bloated. And I was literally looking at the video and I was like, oh my God, her, her body's amazing. And then I was looking at the comments and she had to write in the comments like, guys, stop, I'm bloated. And it's like people literally criticize a skinny girl for being bloated. And it's like, this is why we have problems. Like, why are people doing that? And I think also, this is a rule of thumb that people need to keep in mind. If someone can't change something in five minutes, don't bring it up because people's words hurt and they hold power and they stick with people. Like my younger sister was bullied for being fat her whole life. And she can recall multiple people who bullied her and what they exactly said. And that weighs on you. So if you're going to talk about someone's body and they can't change it in five minutes, don't say anything. And a lot of the times those negative comments are from fake accounts. And it's like, you're literally hiding behind the screen because you're so insecure. Did I ever tell you um, when I was younger, my brother posted a YouTube video of me dancing and literally like to this day, I'm so scarred from it. And people were commenting on the YouTube video, how I was so fat. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) It's literally okay, but people on the internet are just assholes. So moral of the story, Sarah's a great gal. (laughs) And this episode made me feel so much better about like myself. And it was so refreshing talking to someone like that. So I'm And she also does work with Good American. And what I love about the Good American brand by Khloe Kardashian, I know the Kardashians get so much heat. They are body inclusive. They have multiple sizes. They're stretchy. And they also on their website, they have models that are in the different sizes. So you can see what it would look like on your body type. To a model that's a, a sample size. So everyone sit back. Relax and enjoy our interview with Sarah Rose Summers, Miss USA 2018. I'm so excited today because we have Sarah Rose Summers. She was Miss USA 2018. You also placed top 20 in Miss Universe in 2018 as well. So everyone welcome Sarah Rose Summers Combs. Woo! Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. It feels like so long ago, but also just like yesterday, all at the same time that I won and that I went to Miss Universe. So I love these interviews. It's like a little blast from the past, even though it was just about a year ago. (laughs) Well, I'm attempting to get into my first one, but I think it's going to get rescheduled. I signed up to do Miss Pennsylvania and I got accepted. 
And this was oh. probably around March when quarantine first happened, or I guess when yes. COVID first happened. And I haven't heard since, so I'm assuming it's not happening because it's supposed to be taking place in December. Uh, it's such crummy timing. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. So first of all, congratulations. Welcome to the world. It is its own <laughs> world, let me tell you. That's awesome. But right now, I mean, just like everything, I mean, even fall college sports, football, everything is just so up in the air. Um, right now, I will tell you, Typically, Miss USA happens around the summer. Like, I crowned the current Miss USA last May. So, obviously, that's overdue, and they need to do that before they crown any new state girls. So, it's just a mess and a half. I have no inside detail, or I'd fill you in. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm definitely <laughs> going to need your tips. I mean, to, it's such an accomplishment to have gotten to that level. So, I mean, you're like the coolest person I think we've talked to so far. Oh, you're the sweetest. Well, I'm honored to be on here and just excited. Any any specific questions? I don't know. Asking for tips is a broad, broad question. Okay. So this is like <laughs> my problem. So I get nervous and I like poop myself. Like I'm not kidding. I know that sounds so gross. <laughs> like do you ever get those? Everyone gets those. It's just a thing. Yeah, so I mean, I think nerves means you care, right? So that's a good thing. But when – the year that I finally won Miss Nebraska USA and then Miss USA, I truly attribute it to the fact that I wasn't really nervous and stressed out. I had prepped to the best of my ability beforehand, like as far as being ready for interview, that onstage question, current events, my body was in tip-top shape. I felt the most confident ever in swimsuit. So I really didn't have anything to be nervous about because there was nothing more literally that I could do to be prepared any better. So I just left it all out there. Um, in years past, I'd been a little bit more nervous. And I think that it just comes down to being prepared to the best of your ability. Like Olivia Colpo, if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes, I actually ran into her when I went to LA once. And uh, I was at Craig's restaurant and she was there. And I was just staring from afar, awing at her. I was like, oh my God, she is so beautiful. I didn't say hi, like, I was too nervous. Most yeah. gorgeous slay human ever, absolutely. But she gave me advice. So she was the last Miss USA to win Miss Universe. And so, of course, before I went to Miss Universe, I asked her her advice. And her advice was just to be beyond prepared. And then that way you can just go leave it all on the table and not have to stress out. So I think that's what – the only way you can get rid of those nerves is to be as prepared as humanly possible. Yes, which is so much easier said than done. But <laughs> I, I I appreciate the advice. So you actually started doing pageants at age 10. What was that like? Like, How did you get into it? Bonkers, right? Um, so really weird. I was super shy. I'm born and raised in Nebraska, so not a huge city girl. Wasn't really around a whole ton of people, just my small community that I know. And Can we dive into Nebraska before we finish your answer? Because I feel like people <laughs> listening are probably going to be like... Because, you know, you don't really hear Nebraska often. Like, what was it like in Nebraska? Like, please tell me it's not just like farmland and tractors. No, of course. So Western Nebraska definitely is a lot of farmland. It's very flat, like little house on the prairie status. But I'm from Omaha. And so Omaha and Lincoln, the eastern side of Nebraska is where most of the human population is, (laughs) as opposed to cattle. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, I graduated with 350 students in my class. And so it wasn't teeny tiny by any means probably aren't you guys in Pennsylvania probably pretty similar yes but we're from Philly so like similar to you I'm from a city I mean the middle of Pennsylvania is weirdo land like I'm not sure what goes on there but it's a lot (laughs) of 
Farm it's a lot of farmland. Yeah, exactly. So that's how Western Amish Nebraska country. is. Like the drive to Colorado is really boring. But otherwise, Omaha, I mean, my dad works in a, a building, you know, 40 floors high. So, of course, we have our our version of the city here and lots of fun things to do. Like I grew up with the College World Series, which brings in a lot of people every summer. Obviously not this summer. Boo. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, we have real things to do here. And one thing that's really cool is there's only one division one football team in the state and there's not a single professional team so no base no pro baseball mlb teams no hockey no football like you name it so everyone in the state is essentially a husker fan husker football nation is like crazy so lincoln nebraska is the capital and that's where the college is it becomes one of the biggest cities on game day because everyone comes to game day even if you're not going to the actual game (laughs) Well, that's kind of nice because you don't have the internal fight of like, I know with New York, they're like, oh, are you a Jets fan or are you a Giants fan? Exactly, exactly. any of that rivalry. It's kind of unifying. Yeah, exactly. It definitely is. But also, when you were saying Omaha, I couldn't stop thinking Omaha Steaks. Yes, that is also one thing we're known for. The College World Series, Omaha Steaks. The Henry Dorley Zoo is always one and two on the zoo rankings with San Diego. So we do have our, have the things we're known for and we're proud of it. Definitely do. So back to the question I originally started with. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So getting into pageants at age 10. Yes. So super shy little girl at 10 years old, but I was a dancer um, when we moved. I was in the second grade and I literally cried and cried and cried every single day. I used to play sick all the time because I was that shy. Like I didn't want to make new friends. I didn't want to go to a new school. I didn't know anyone. So it was really random. All of that to say when I had an interest in pageantry, because that's definitely not a shy girl's interest. I'm sure you know. Uh, So I got a postcard in the mail. And it was, I mean, you guys know, I'm sure if you had any pen pals or anything when you were younger, anytime you get something in the mail at 10 years old, it's like so exciting. (laughs) Because mail is not normal. I'm so excited about it. (laughs) Exactly. So I got a postcard in the mail addressed to me, which was just awesome. And it had these girls in pink t-shirts on the front and they were dancing, they were smiling, and they looked like they were having the time of their lives. And it was inviting me to apply to compete at the state pageant for something called National American Miss. And NAM is something that I fully support. 12 and under can't wear any makeup. There's no swimsuit competition. It's all about helping young girls gain confidence, public speaking skills, interview skills. And my first year I competed, I competed with like 60 girls. It was a lot in the preteen competition. And I held my dress for dear life. I stared at the ground anytime I was on stage and I cried during my interview when they asked me why I liked grapes. Oh my gosh. So, um, but I left and I hadn't That's placed so even in the top 15. Yeah, it's the best. Um, I hadn't placed even in the top 15. And when I look back, I'm, I have no idea where I would be today if I hadn't competed that year. Because I, I mean, truly everything in our lives brings us to where we are. But that is one experience that absolutely shaped the rest of my life. Here I am a former Miss USA and certainly not shy anymore. I mean, you have great public speaking skills. I can tell just from talking to you now. You speak so eloquently. Oh, well, you're kind. Thank you. Lots of practice, lots of experience. And it all comes down to that confidence piece, I believe. Yeah, I hope it's rubbing off on me. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so pageantry, I feel like some people love it. Some people hate it. I feel like it's very polarizing. 
Mm-hmm. What were some of the not so glamorous sides of pageantry that you experienced besides the crying about the grapes? Oh gosh, well that was just my 10-year-old little self. So as far as my year as Miss USA, there were always naysayers, people that think, you know, pageants are just glitz and glamour, pageants are just a pretty girl in a swimsuit, there's no substance to it. So I always like to reference the sisterhood. So the girl who crowned me, Kyra, she was act- like a scientist. Um, the woman who crowned her was a army woman, service woman. The girl who crowned her is a professional model and actress. And before I won Miss USA, I had just finished my two degrees and my clinical rotations and my certification exam to become a certified child life specialist. So we have substance, right? There's so much more than just the standing on the stage part, like you just touched on. So kindly, it is a lot of public speaking and interacting with people. You know, your whole year as a title holder, you're traveling, you're doing appearances, you're having lunches with sponsors, you're having events with charities and philanthropies and foundations. And um, there's just so much more to it than what meets the eye or than what's exposed to society just during those two hours of the telecast, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They really don't. Because I think just speaking from you, it kind of reminds me of sorority life. And I was a big sorority girl. And I feel like sororities get so much for lack of a better word, they get a lot of shit for people saying, oh, you pay for your friends, you do this, you do that. And I think (laughs) when it comes down to it, it's like the sisterhood. And that's kind of what drew me to it. So mm-hmm. it sounds very similar to pageantry. Absolutely. It, it is. It truly is a sisterhood unlike anything else because there's only, oh gosh, I don't even know. I should really know the statistic. When Miss USA was created, I want to say it was 50 years. Yeah. Okay. So 1952, New York became wow. the first Miss USA. So there's just over 50 of us that can say we've had that experience, which is just really a handful of women. And it really unites you because you go through the highest highs and the lowest lows during your year. And not a lot of people can understand or even begin to relate. And so it is, like you said, that sorority sisterhood, just so, so unifying and so beautiful because all of us have such different backgrounds and we come from different walks of life, but we all get to wear that same sparkly hat for a year and have that same prestigious job title. But each of our experiences are so, so different. It's really neat when we, um, one time I organized during the quarantine, a FaceTime date with like the past, I think 10 of us. And it was just so neat to get on and I think we did it via House Party, if you guys know that app where you can play oh, games and yes. stuff. Yeah, it was the best. And everybody was, I mean, we all live across the country now. So it was really fun to kind of just briefly catch up. But yes, it's definitely unique. And a lot of people don't know it. And we were, you asked originally, your question was other than the glitz and the grammar and like people can give you a lot of crap for sorority life or pageantry and there's a lot of stereotypes but one question I got asked a lot during my year as Miss USA was about the swimsuit competition oh yes let's hear because everyone's like oh my god it's objectifying this and that yeah I especially this day and age right where it's like all feminism which let me tell you I consider myself a feminist as well because I'm all about girl power and women succeeding and women breaking glass ceilings and doing anything we set our mind to and One thing that I think is so ridiculous is when other women call themselves feminist, but look at you as a woman and judge what you do with your body. Like, hello, it is my decision. You're as a feminist, we're supposed to support and uplift hand in hand each other. So if I choose to compete in a pageant, 
for a competition where I want to show off myself confidently and show off my health and all the hard work that I've done in the form of a swimsuit competition, you should be applauding me too. You should not be tearing me down. And so (laughs) it was always hysterical for me. Like during my year as Miss USA, that was the year that the Miss America organization removed their swimsuit competition. If you remember, it was just about a year ago, actually. So I was interviewed on Good Morning America about how I felt about it. And I said, you know, to each his own. Every organization, like that's what makes us different is you get to have leadership that makes the decisions for what the organization is going to look like. But I was grateful and still am to have competed in the Miss USA, Miss Universe organization, because it's all about embracing your own beauty and your own health and confidence. And I felt more powerful and just like slay. (laughs) I felt like I was slaying the stage on that Miss USA red way in my swimsuit like I had worked so hard for that I was so proud of it that natural model physique doesn't come naturally to me I really have to work really hard I'm an athletic build and so it was all a process and it wasn't just like I just hopped up out there and wanted to show what I look like all the time right it was hard work and I'm really grateful for it and I think what people don't realize is how hard it is to get in a bathing suit like right now I literally went to the pool the other day and I mean, I was feeling self-conscious and to not feel self-conscious and be like, oh my God, I've worked so hard for it is super empowering. And I really yeah. think we're supporting each other. I'm 100% with you on the feminist train of, okay, if someone decides to do that and they want to do that, good for them. And we should be applauding it than being like, oh my God, why'd you do that? I think that kind of stuff stems from envy and jealousy. But overall, we should be supporting women however they want to dress because just because of dress or how they are in a swimsuit competition doesn't define them as a person. Mm, it's exactly. Yeah. So Amen. Well, it's a whole thing. I can go on for hours about that. <laughs> but speaking of the swimsuit conversation, getting into that physical fitness portion is so tough. What was your kind of routine to get fit for the competition? Oh, good heavens. So flashback for you, while I was preparing for Miss Nebraska USA, which was in January. That was Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it was like right around the holidays. That's that's so tough. I can't even. That's so tough. So rude, right? Um, Like whatever. But what was important for me, I had competed in the past. So I think it's really important for me to touch on this just briefly. I competed in Miss Teen USA in 2012. I was a junior in high school. I was prepared to graduate a year early. Um, Like I wanted to win that thing. I gave it my all. It was the first time I was ever put on a diet. And it wasn't necessarily that I needed one, right? Like I had already won Nebraska USA. I was a teenage girl, very active. I was in track, cross country, dance team, all the things. But we had a nutrition sponsor who gave me a diet. And as a young girl, I viewed things as very black and white. I had no gray and it passed the point of dedication to obsession. Like I can still now over 10 years later, recite to you my exact diet, which is totally unhealthy mentally, right? I, if I had too many almonds that day, if I had like 16 instead of 12, I would go to sleep thinking about it. And that was not healthy. So I knew that long term, when I went to Miss USA, I wanted to have a healthy relationship between food and fitness, and be able to be a realistic role model to other women my age, a little bit older, a little bit younger. So I did not kill myself. I trained in more of a 
realistic lifestyle way because of my past experience at Teen USA. So um, I didn't want to have any sort of negative taste in my mouth with the fact that I turned down too many social gatherings or what have you, because at the end of the day, you're going to go to this competition and there's 51 of us because of DC and only one of us is going to win. So I went in, my goal was the top 15 and I wanted to prepare to the best of my ability. Like I gave you that advice, like prepare, prepare, but don't kill yourself to the point where it's a negative experience, right? You need to enjoy the ride. So preparing, I had been doing my clinical rotations at OU Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City. I was living in a one bedroom apartment there. I really didn't have any friends in Oklahoma. I had only gone there for this clinical rotation period. So what that meant is it did mean I had more free time when I wasn't at the actual hospital. But those clinical rotation periods are first of all very long and you take a lot of work home with you. So I would either work out before or after my clinical rotations and at the same time I would watch or listen to the news so that I was preparing all at the same time. So I was preparing for the interview, preparing for the onstage question by the news and working out all at once. And I would probably work out five times a week. And then diet-wise, another thing that was convenient is I was so busy at the hospital, I would pack my snacks and pack my lunch and what have you. So I really had to meal prep for the position I was working regardless, which worked really well for my um, my competition in January. And then after I won in January, I really just kind of kept on the wagon for the most part. I indulged a little bit right after. And then I just kept on the wagon of feeding my body what I enjoyed, but also was nutritious, nutrient dense. So I would have a lot of fruits and vegetables, I'd have some proteins, but I wouldn't deprive myself of the sweets because I have a massive sweet tooth, like sweet is greater than savory to me. So if I had a massive sweet tooth, I would indulge every once in a while and I would just do it smartly because I didn't want to deprive myself and then result in like binging by any means. So based on my prior experience, I was a little bit more lax. Which is, I think it's refreshing because I think now with girls my age, I hear them of doing other ways to try and look healthy, even though they're not doing the healthy way to get there. Like, for example, I know people who, you know, won't be eating or who will be taking, mm-hmm. you know, dieting pills or something to try and get skinny. And I like your method better because one, it's healthy. And two, because you do, you did have that Miss USA title, it shows you can still be this person who's basically like on a pedestal, but do it the healthy way. And you know what, it, you're, you're, you have to look what's best for you. Like you can't try and strive to be a build that you're not. Well, thank you. Yes, I agree. Exactly. Like we're not all going to look exactly the same. That is a fact. And that is something we should celebrate. We are all made uniquely. Our body types are different. Genetics plays such a role into it. I mean, if we all ate the same exact thing and worked out the exact same way, we're not going to look the same. That's just not possible because our bodies are made differently. And so I think we have to really embrace that at the end of the day. And I appreciate you saying that you like my way of doing things. I I really wanted to know in my heart 100% that I would be representing a genuine, authentic, attainable lifestyle. 100% attainable. And I think it's just so important too because sometimes when people diet and do – 
like the wrong way of doing it and not doing it healthy, then they end up not even like looking or feeling their best because they're not doing it the right way. So you have to kind of go in the intentions to have it be an overall lifestyle and not just, you know, a flat stomach, like it needs to be Exactly. And if you deprive yourself, you can get really cranky and Uh hangry and it's just not a happy life. I know. I get so hangry. I cannot, (laughs) like, I need my carbs. So it's just like balance. It really is. Right. And I think that, oh gosh, we can get into such a whole different conversation if we wanted to talk eating disorders. They're so common. Eating disorders are our number one fatal mental illness in the country. That is a statistic. That is a fact. That is something that we don't talk about enough, but absolutely should. And I went to, this is just so depressing. My, I went to Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. It's the number one private school in the nation for eating disorders. So although I've been in pageant land since I was 10, I've seen way more friends and peers struggle with eating disorders in college than I ever have in pageant land. So it was just, it was just so interesting and really opened my eyes, especially in college when so many people are really active in high school and you do all these sports and extracurriculars and then you go to college and people are trying to figure out how to exercise for real life for the first time and drinking and celebrating and socializing. And it was just really eye opening. So, um, that was one of my platforms as Miss USA was talking about the prevalence and how to respond to eating disorders. So what are kind of like the signs of someone who has an eating disorder? Like for example, if I, didn't, if I didn't openly know that my friend had it, how would I be able to find out just from reading different signals or signs from them? Or like mm-hmm. ways to help without like, you know, crossing a line. Yeah. So love that you guys have asked that. I, There's so many different forms of eating disorders, which I think is really important to touch on. Like a lot of people don't realize that. They just think of eating disorders as anorexia, you know, orthorexia, binging, bulimia. But there's so much more like orthorexia, for example, is when you fixate on specific things as healthy food. So you might see that where people... For example, when I was talking about my Teen USA experience, when I was super black and white and I didn't ever deviate into the gray, that was like an obsessive. That was to the point of it was an eating disorder. It wasn't healthy. Like if someone, if it was my birthday, I wouldn't have even gone off track. That was compulsive. So compulsive exercise when people feel like, um, oh shoot, I ate out a lot last night. I need, I have to work out this many hours and I have to burn this many calories in order to burn off what I ate last night. Or I have to do this in order to be able to go out and drink with my friends tonight. Compulsive exercise, that's not healthy either. Um, So laxative abuse is another one that was really common at TCU. A big Um, one. I know so many people who do that and who openly do that to this day. Which is really unhealthy. Yeah, because when you – so what that is for listeners who don't know is if you know that you're going to eat or drink, for example, or you have an event the next day, you take a laxative so that your stomach looks flatter. But overall, that is destroying your organs. That will make you dehydrated. That will – I mean, it can honestly cause so many more longer-term issues. But most importantly, just for the logic here – a laxative is not going to prevent you from gaining weight. So if I binge eat a bunch of sweets and then I take a laxative because I just want it to go through my system, newsflash, the calories and lack there of nutrition have already been absorbed 
by my body before it leaves out the other end. So yes, I might have a flatter stomach for a day, but long-term, I'm going to feel weaker because I'm dehydrated. Long-term, my body still consumed those calories, so it's not going to prevent that weight gain. So it's just, it's horrible. But as far as um, signs, there's there's a lot. Oh my goodness, people oftentimes wear large clothing so that you can hide how small you are. Or also when you're really, really skinny, you literally need lots of clothing to stay warm because your body fat isn't there to stay warm. Um, if you lose so much weight that you're not having a period anymore, you're not your menstruation cycle is not flowing because your body fat isn't there um, as it needs to be in a healthy way. Oftentimes, binge eating signs are when your weight fluctuates up and down. That's often also referred to as yo-yo dieting. Um, but there's just so many. And then what's the hardest part, though, I think, is how to help. Right, because if yeah. girls, if our friends have an eating disorder, most just like any mental illness, they don't know to ask for help. They don't want to ask for help, and most of the time, if you come to them, they're going to deny that they have that problem. And it's not because they're hiding it; it's because they genuinely, in their heart and their head, they don't know that they have that problem because it is a disease. It is a mental illness, and that's so important. So I think we have to first of all quit the comparison game. Um, compliments when you're out and about with your friends, compliments should not stem from external appearances. We need to cut out the, oh my gosh, girl, you're so skinny or, ah, you look so tiny in that little crop top. Like, why are those compliments? Those should not be compliments. Girl, you're glowing. How about that? Or you look so happy or that's such a cute outfit. Not like you're so tiny, you're so skinny because those are all things that go in and out of our other friend's ears and say, oh, wow, I don't feel like she would say that to me or or I don't really feel that way. You know, it provides, provokes all those insecurities. So it goes down to mindset. It goes down to speaking up to your friends. Um, if you are following, so I would give presentations when I was Miss Nebraska USA to sororities on this topic. And at the end of all of them, I would have a call to action and it would be, at the end of this presentation, I want you to go through everyone that you follow on Instagram. And if that account makes you feel lesser about yourself, like if they post a bunch of bikini pictures all the time and it makes you feel insecure about your own body, I want you to unfollow them. Even if that's me. Like, God forbid I put everything on my Instagram to hopefully uplift other women. And I want you to feel uplifted when you come to my page. But if you don't, please unfollow me. Like, you do not need to follow people that make you feel lesser than. And it was honestly so funny. Like I'd watch the the lecture halls and you could almost see these women's eyes light up like a light bulb went off. They're like, oh, wow, what a good idea. <laughs> um, and it's just such a simple thing. So but it, does, it makes such a difference in our mindset. Katie, didn't you do that? I mean, I attempt to do that, but I really need to start doing it again. And it needs to start with the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians but they really make me feel bad about myself. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, but I love their fashion. I love keeping up with them, but I don't know if I love the way they're transforming themselves mm -hmm. plastic surgery-wise. I'm all for people getting plastic surgery done. I just feel like it puts this unrealistic standard of beauty upon every girl. Right, I'm for it if it's going to like make you feel better and more confident about yourself. I'm not gonna sit here and judge it, but exactly, if you don't wanna see that on your feed, you can always mute people too. 
So Oh, I love muting. I know all about muting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you like a family member, for example, if you're like, oh, well, it's my cousin. Like I can't unfollow my cousin. She's going to be mad. Or my aunt's going to call me and be like, why'd you unfollow her? Mute her. No one will ever know. And then you don't see it. Yeah. I love muting. I know very well. I've done it to plenty of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah, a whole really- bag of worms. <laughs> It really makes you feel so much better when you start, like, I've been trying to follow more, like, positive pages that do, like, motivational quotes and things, so it pops up more on my feed, and it really makes a difference when you go on social media. Amen. I love it. I love to hear it. So, speaking of social media, I feel like there's this huge trend with influencers cutting out dairy and gluten. Have you dabbled in that, and what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, okay, no. <laughs> so It's so hard! I actually, one of my best friends, my maid of honor, she is intolerant to gluten. And so I've seen when people have actually allergies or, um, shoot, what's the word? When you're actually allergic to gluten, you are a... You have um, celiac. Uh, yes, yeah, celiac. So I know someone who has celiac who's actually like puked up blood before. So... Oh, wow. I did not know it went that far. Yeah, I know. It does. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have an actual allergy to something, I'm not going to make my body used to not consuming it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes Um, sense. Yeah. So I just fuel myself with what my body accepts. And even though that's totally crazy right now, I think that it stems from people who do have the actual stomach problems for it. And so I'm not trying to hop on that bandwagon because I don't have those problems. Hallelujah, because I love my ice cream. Yes, I love ice cream. Okay, what's your favorite ice cream I need to know? Okay, like indulging ice cream or like I eat Halo probably every single week. Halo Top, it's like this lower calorie protein yes. ice cream and it's yes. actually delicious. Have both of y'all had it? I've never had yes. it. I like the fat and stuff. Like I, if I'm going to eat ice cream, I'm really going to get down with my bad self and I'm going to have my fi- – have you had Turkey Hill ice cream? I lived in New York City, but I've never heard of this. It's from Lancaster. It's a weird Pennsylvania brand. You probably haven't heard of it. But it is so good. It's made by the Amish people. Oh, it's amazing. I'm happy for you. Um, But I do eat ice cream so commonly because I'm obsessed. I eat Halo Top literally once a week. But then I'll indulge in like actual ice cream out on a date or something. Um, But for your knowledge, it is just as delicious and it can be that creamy texture. I think a lot of quote diet unquote ice creams are kind of icy and chunky and like don't have that texture perfect. Halo, pop it in the microwave for like 10 to 15 seconds. Oh, it's amazing in every way. I love Halo. What's your favorite flavor? Well, I am really basic and I love mint chocolate chip. People think it's gross, but <laughs> I I just try the mint flavor. And then if you like Halo Top, I also really like these if you're in the mood for a bar. It's called Yasso bars. Yeah, the Yasso need... bars are so good. I love those. Those are my favorite. Yes. I need well, to try these. Okay, you have to. My favorite sea salt caramel. Connor's favorite is probably That was the... so good. Oh, it's the best. And the it has literal swirls of this in there. And then the peanut butter cup is really good, too. Mm-hmm. It's a chocolate ice cream, but then with actual peanut butter chunks in it. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. It's when it first came out, I went to the grocery store, and there was, like, a sale one week because they're a little expensive. They're, like, $6 sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were on sale once, and I was like, I need to try every flavor, and I tried a few. Yes. And I was obsessed. Totally. I don't know. I mean, in Nebraska, we have Walmart, so no shame. It's cheaper there. <laughs> but when I'm in New York City, <laughs> it, it, is. Is. it is so expensive. 
Oh, I know. You mentioned Connor. Let's talk about Connor. I love learning about people's love lives. It's like one of my favorite things. Yeah, what do you want to know? Uh, (laughs) ah, I love love how happy you get. I love the change. Well, I love the change of tone. I'm like, okay, this is just love. I love it. (laughs) So you and Connor got married last year, right? Yeah, in October. So how did you two meet? How did the romance start? Oh, so we were, oh gosh, I was in college at TCU. He was in college at East Texas Baptist University. So three and a half hours away, probably never would have met the guy. One of my best friends, her wedding was just last week, two weeks ago. Anyway, married her longtime boyfriend and they set us up. So I love that. Your yeah, friend's MVP. Yeah, they had gone to high school together. So they were high school, him and Connor were high school best friends. And then Blair said, okay, this actually makes a lot of sense. We need to set them up. And at first, Connor, just for you ladies, wait for the right one because he had never had a girlfriend ever. I knew about his heart and like his quality of friendships through our friends. But then when I met him, he was super shy. Like he didn't have any game, right? (laughs) And Um, I was so used to, you know, like guys sliding into DMs all the time or like you mentioned, you're a sorority girl. So I was used to like the fraternity Frat guy. Parties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we these, know exactly what you're talking about. Like these bold, <laughs> no humility, like cocky guys. Well, Connor walks in and he's like really shy, super sweet. And I thought he was cute, but there's a ton of cute fish in the sea. So he really didn't leave an impression on me. And then a few weeks later, I saw on Instagram that he had gone on a weekend with some of his baseball friends to serve the flood victims in Louisiana. Like he went to volunteer on a weekend, a college guy. So I text my friend Blair. I'm like, okay, is he still single? Because I want to serve on the weekends with my future husband. Like, who is this? He seems too good to be true. Um, And then we... So they forced him to message me because he'd never done that before. And then we started having FaceTime dates and we were long distance. So it really forced us to truly communicate a lot. Went on our first date. He went to my college formal and we stayed up all night until five in the morning just talking. And um, I mean, he didn't like try to make a move on me at all. Of course, we kissed and all those good things, but he didn't like try to do anything like too far and Um, It was just really refreshing, and I called my sister the next day, and I said, okay, I met the guy I'm going to marry, so I knew, and then it was three and a half years later, we got married, but during that time, I competed in Miss Nebraska USA, and then went to Miss USA, and I remember Connor calling me during my competition week, uh, because we really weren't communicating much, because it's super, super busy, so just an FYI for you, prepare your friends, your family, your significant other we're not going to talk that week because I need to be fully present and I literally also don't have time. Um, But I appreciate your support, right? Yeah. So he called me and I remember him being nervous. He was like, well, I'm reading these these Instagrams and these blogs and I'm getting tagged and stuff and you could like actually win this thing. And I remember literally laughing him off. I was like, no, 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 you're ridiculous. Nebraska's made the top 15 before. That's my goal. Not even sure that's going to happen, but thanks for believing in me, babe. And he was like, no, no, I'm serious what do we do if you win? And I was like, stop it. This is not worth having a conversation. We'll cross that bridge if it happens. And then it happened. And so I up and moved to New York City for a year and he's in Dallas, Texas. And it was the coolest test of a relationship, right? We've gone through so many things and now throw COVID into the mix. We're living with my parents, his in-laws. So it's just, oh gosh, (laughs) yeah, we've been through a lot. um, And I'm just so grateful. But yes, it was all from a setup. I need better friends out here. I need better friends who have better guy friends. 
<laughs> well, I have said, some good friends, Katie. <laughs> I don't know if I want your friends, Vic. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. I have guy friends that know Katie and they're like, Victoria, please. Like, because they, they see me posting about the podcast. I'm like, please set me up. Please set me up. And I'm like, eh, I'm trying. <laughs> oh, well, you see. never know. It'll happen in the right time. And I do think I have so, I have a lot of single friends and COVID has just thrown such a wrench into things. Like it's really mm-hmm. awkward. You're not going to organically meet someone right now anyway. So I guess setup is the way to go. 100%. Couldn't agree more. So I want to kind of dive into your podcast. We haven't touched on it all, at all, but I want to dive into it. So tell us about More Than a Crown and when you started oh, it. Yeah, thank you for asking. You're so sweet. So at the end of my year as Miss USA, I had grown this following on Instagram, right? But my year as Miss USA was so much more than just influencering, if you if you will. And I wanted to continue to utilize my voice to do more than just post a picture and maybe a meaningful caption every once in a while. I wanted to also be able to share stories and share people's wisdom that they've shared with me, but with my listeners. So I started a podcast and I had played around with various titles for it, but I settled on more than a crown because at the end of my year as Miss USA, I remember my dad, I'm a huge daddy's girl, love both my parents, so grateful they're together, but huge daddy's girl. He's always got those like tidbits of advice, like the quotable moments. And he told me that I won't, I cannot compare my current state to that one year because that was just like an unrealistic, like I said, only a handful of women get that experience. It's, it's come and it's gone, right? That's not anyone's norm. And I had gone from working and finishing two degrees to becoming Miss USA and living in a high rise just south of Central Park. And then it was taken away just as quickly as it happened. So I had to realize like, yes, I was Miss USA and a lot of people are going to know me as that. And that's beautiful, but I'm so much more than that. And I'm 25 years old. And yes, that was an amazing year, but there's more to me and there's more to my life. There's more to that story to continue to grow and unravel. So that's why I chose more than a crown. And at the end of every episode, I always ask my interviewees what they're more than. So I've had amazing things like I'm more than the number on the scale. I'm more than the number of items I sell at my boutique. I'm more than um, the number of clients that I have. I'm more than my biggest weakness. I'm more than my greatest success. That is really the bones behind the podcast. And I'm super passionate about it. And I love that you guys asked me about it. So thank you so much. It's definitely You're a welcome. motivation encouragement pod. I love that name. Thank you. Thank you so much. Vic, what are you more than? Because right when you said that, immediately I thought I'm more than a nine to five. So oh, many people good. don't oh. realize that, but they need to realize they're more than their nine to five. They have a life outside of their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I was thinking about myself when you were talking about it and I, I, I really don't know. So I got to sit on this and think. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. I've had like, um, I'm more than a mom. You know, a lot of people are mm-hmm. always like, oh, well, what's your advice for the moms? Or how do, do you feel guilty when you're out and about with your friends and because you left your kids at home? And she was like, I'm more than a mom. You know, I love my job as a mom. I yeah. love my kids, but I'm more than just that. Because I know for me included, like when I went off to college, I was the baby in the family. I was worried. I was like, mom, what are you going to do with your life? Because I, oftentimes your kids turn into your life. Mm -hmm. So that was a cool one too, for sure. So I saw your more than the crown Instagram page and the brand messaging is we are more than our worst mistakes and our greatest successes. What do you think are the biggest defining moments in our twenties? Oh, oh my 
my goodness. I know that's such a hard one, but I had to ask because I think so many people <sighs> in their 20s feel lost and they feel like they don't know where they should be. Yeah. So. And, oh my gosh. So I can't speak for everyone, right? I can speak based off of my own experience and my friends. So for me, obviously got mar- met my husband, got married in my 20s, but also I think finding that purpose is so important. And I think like you just said, a lot of people feel lost in our 20s and we can get lost in our jobs. Like you said, you're more than a nine to five. We can get lost in our titles like a Miss USA. We can get lost in the day-to-day monotony, especially in quarantine and finding an underlying purpose that gives you a a meaning to wake up in the morning, um, a, way, a meaning to smile. So whether you have like a normal nine to five job, or if you like me, I do like a lot of 1099 stuff working here and there, speaking engagements, social media marketing, etc. I can get a lot of work done in a few hours and then be like, okay, now what do I do with myself? And I could either turn to Netflix and just like meaninglessly watch shows or I can find a way to fill my own cup but also give back to others so that all of that being said I think it's really important in your 20s to find a charity or a philanthropy or a cause that you really align with and are passionate about and then find how you can get involved with them like actually hands-on volunteering hands-on service will change your life it will change your perspective it will change potentially your goals in life truly like that's how I found my career was through volunteering at local children's hospitals that's how I was introduced to being a certified child life specialist that's how I found the field so I think it's really important in your 20s to find your purpose find something that can fill your cup and help others all at the same time. So for me, that's children's healthcare. Obviously due to COVID, that has been difficult right now. So like instead of going in person to volunteer with these kids, I recently recorded like an at-home craft and it's going to be sent to kids at their bedside. But that gave me so much more purpose than like posting another Instagram. Not to say that that's not all great and worthy and necessary as well. But I think it's so, so important, especially in a time where mental illness is so prevalent, um, anxiety, depression, everything. It's important to find a purpose that's greater than yourself. I couldn't agree more. In high school and college, it was mandatory to have volunteer experience. You had X amount of hours you needed to fill to graduate. And for me, that brought so much joy because it's so rewarding. You see these people who, I mean, I worked with kids who are in poverty through like soup kitchens and whatnot. And you see how grateful they are that you're helping and that you're actually giving them the time of day and giving them attention because other people just brush over them. Yeah, I think that's so great. I I went to a public school, so none of that was required in high school, but I think that's awesome. Yeah, we love to see it. So I want to dive into Hangover or Get Over, which is our segment where we kind of go through advice and questions for you. So what is your biggest tip to making a relationship last? So you've been with your husband for a while now, about three years, you said, and also from being long distance too, because you were in New York and he was in Dallas. Yes, we were long distance, most all of our relationship. And I was really put in the spotlight literally overnight, like that was not expected. And what it comes down to is trust. So a lot of women that win Miss USA end up, their relationships fail because you go from living normal life to now being in the spotlight, traveling all the time, doing these events, and a lot of men can't handle it. So 
one of my favorite stories ever is when I was in California, I was co-hosting an event with Jordan Kimball, if you know who that is from The Bachelor, if you're in Bachelor Nation at all. And I remember Connor was in Dallas and he texted me. He's like, okay, babe, I love you. I'm going to sleep. Have a great night. Oh my gosh. So many boyfriends would be like, okay, I'm going to stay up. Call me when you get back to your hotel room. I want to like hear from you. But Connor never had to wonder those things because I was always upfront with communication and I've never given him a reason not to trust me. And if he ever did get possessive or weird like that, I would have ended it. So it comes down to trust. It comes down to communication, being upfront. Um, if there were, like I said earlier, times when I knew I wouldn't be able to communicate with him or talk on the phone or even text, like he knew that ahead of time. Like, okay, I'm going to Bangkok, Thailand for Miss Universe. You're not my priority right now. I have the rest of my life to be with you, so I'm not going to talk to you this week. And he got it. But I was upfront about it. Had he not realized that, then it would have been different. So making your relationship last, trust and communication. Cliche, but necessary. Definitely. Yes, I think that's everyone's go-to. Okay, so our second question for you. So your Instagram radiates bright, positivity, attitude. Um, you Just speaking to you, you're very positive. And I love the way you phrase things, how you talk about yourself personally, because you don't want to speak for other people who can't speak for themselves. So how do you keep a positive attitude? Mm, thank you. It has been difficult. So I'll let you in a little bit. I appreciate all of your sweet words. Thank you. That is my goal is to radiate positivity. And like I said, be a woman that others would follow on social media to uplift rather than tear down or make you feel worse about yourself. So I'm glad that I'm able to do that. But in real life, how do I stay positive? I, oh gosh, especially recently, it's been hard. Um, I talked a lot over the weekend with my family about the fact that I went from going 150 miles an hour as Miss USA, living in New York City, traveling the nation, traveling the world to crowning the new Miss USA, getting married, still going 100 miles an hour. And then COVID hit. We moved back to Nebraska because New York City wasn't safe anymore, still isn't safe anymore. With my parents, uh, it's just like 15 miles an hour now. So it has been really difficult. It's been different. Like I don't necessarily have as much motivation to wake up and like be motivated to get things done. Um, especially because, like I said, I can't go into hospitals and work face-to-face -face with kids anymore, especially given the current situation of the healthcare system. But overall, it comes down to relying on your support system, so friends, family, community groups, and being able to voice when you're having those downtimes. Yes, it seems like I'm positive all the time, and I really am a pretty chipper person, I'm not going to lie, but I do have those downtimes as well. And in those moments... I turn to those that I love and trust most because I know they're going to lift me up. Like last week, I really struggled to wake up in the mornings. I felt like really depressed and lethargic and I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to work out like I normally did. I was like, what's the point of a routine? It's quarantine. It's been months of this. I have nothing to wake up for, really. And so I made some goals. I set some schedules. I sent them to some people. Connor this morning, I told him I wanted him to help me wake up this week on Monday like I was going to go work out. I was going to do the thing. So he woke me up with a Dunkin' Matcha Latte, which is like my favorite thing oh. ever. Yeah. So just instilling. Yeah. But um, just in like enlisting the people in your tribe to help mm -hmm. you when you're not feeling positive so that you can get back to that joyful mindset. And I needed the help last week. I really, really did. So don't feel like I'm perfect because I'm totally not. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you for being open and honest about that experience. I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially in quarantine. I find myself trying to find my, find a routine and get into a routine. 
Mm-hmm. Which is good. It's so helpful and honestly necessary because otherwise you do find yourself, or at least I did last week, being like, why do I need to wake up early? I have nothing to do. <laughs> Yeah. So last we want to end off with our power move. So what's your power move tip life hack that got you to where you are today? Oh, rock being authentically imperfect. So all of that to say, don't try to look at someone. For me, I, when I was interviewing for child life positions, it was super, super competitive. I applied to a ton of student positions around the country. And when I would sit in that interview room, sometimes I caught myself looking at other it was a predominantly female field. So other women that were applying and kind of wondering, oh gosh, I wonder what experience she has on her resume or et cetera. Stay in your own lane and rock you because no one's perfect. But once you can fully love your imperfect self, you're going to shine so much brighter. So I know that sounds weird, but that's my hack. <laughs> that's a great hack. No, I think staying in your lane is the best thing that Victoria and I have learned this whole entire year. Mm, good. I love it's it. Yeah. Don't compare. Like podcasting has become such a big mm-hmm. thing. And uh, Victoria and I have found ourselves comparing ourselves to other people that we know of that have podcasts. And I've said to Vic from the start, I was like, let's see who stays consistent because that's going to be our defining moment. And- no, like no matter what profession you're in or if you're podcasting or if you're whatever it is, like you're tempted to look at your competition. I mean, even go back to schooling, like in elementary school, yeah. you're taught to compare and contrast. Well, that's fine when we're talking about like math problems but that's not necessarily a good thing to do in real life. Um, if we're interviewing for a job, it's not our place to decide who's more worthy of it. It's the interviewees and it's the people who are going to hire you. It's just like you said, like you can look over at the Jenna Kutchers of the world who have millions of downloads an episode, but she's been in this for years. So comparing your experience to hers is totally unnecessary and is most likely going to only make you feel bad about yourself which is not going to help. I mean, at least for me, I know some people like to um, are really competition driven and they're like, I need negative feedback in order to be motivated. But for me, well, I no. need positivity. Yeah, exactly. Well, no. <laughs> me too. So I get and it. None of that. And the fact that there's not just going back to the, like the podcast thing or whatever, there's not just one podcast, like we can all thrive and comparing yourself with someone else. Like there's not just one winner at the end of the day. Like we all are unique and can excel at what we're doing individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said that during my first episode too, I, I questioned getting on the podcast train because similar to what you're saying, there's so many out there, but I decided to, because Every story is worth sharing. And even if at least one listener is transformed by that person's little tidbit of advice, it was worth the episode. Completely agree. And all the people that we're meeting, like the fact that we're getting to talk to you today, like just the fact that we are meeting people through this is just so worth it for both of us. Get it, ladies. I'm proud of you. And I think it's (laughs) awesome. And you're really great at it. You both really are. That's really nice of you. Super professional. You're super professional. You're prepared ahead of time. It's awesome. We try. You're the best. <laughs> Where can everyone follow you on social? Where can they check out the podcast? Uh, yes, media. please do. So just like you guys, the pod is pretty much anywhere you listen to your platforms. If you're listening right now on Spotify, um, iTunes, Google Podcast, wherever it is, go ahead and check out More Than a Crown. There are some amazing 
laughable, tear-jerking episodes. We've got it all. Um, and then on social, you can head to at Sarah Rose Summers. And what you'll see on there right now is a lot of what I'm doing during quarantine, some workouts on the IGTV, some relationship stuff. We're getting a puppy in the fall, so you guys can Woo! stay tuned for her. I'm so excited. Mommy's pregnant right now, um, so that's awesome. <laughs> and we'll bring even more joy to the feed, so you guys can head over there. But um, otherwise, I, I'm always doing Q&As on the stories. I love to meet people too. So whatever, if you guys have any follow-up questions after this, you can totally DM me or my emails on my Instagram account as well. Thank you so much, Sarah Rose, for coming on. We loved having you. Everyone go check her out and follow us at The Moral Hangover Podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. We will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.